0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night that I answer all of your sex and re- and uh, relationship questions. so you can send them in by text at five one four eight hundred or you can call in at five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred. Some people like to email me and you could do that anytime. Uh, Laurie at dr.lauuri dot com. Feel free as well. if you want to um, give in give your two cents or help somebody else out that uh, uh, that has written in, then you're of course more than welcome. This is what makes us uh, a community. and um, yeah do uh, do chime in 514-800 so let me start off with this one uh first I wanted to say uh I love your show I stumbled upon it looking for podcast on relationships and mental health and I have been addicted since you have gotten me through some tough times the last few weeks feeling not alone has been really healing I have been with my boyfriend for the last two and a half years. We met at work, became friends, best friends, lovers, then fell in love. Even though this is how it is supposed to be, it is not. We were having an affair for most of it. I got divorced about a year ago and he finally is. Our relationship, chemistry, and bond is out of this world. We can feel each other when we aren't together and truly happy. And I mean happy. Our love is so deep it feels like neither of us have loved before. When I'm with him, I feel completely content and happy and just never want it to end. But of course, this isn't, this isn't going to be a Hallmark movie, more so a lifetime one. Throughout the entire relationship, he had a drug problem that he never addressed, but I was always able to look past his bad and mental health problems he denied his entire life. I was one of the few people in his life that was positive. Then he finally had a total mental breakdown from all the stress and lies. Between the drugs, affair, family, and so much more, he finally broke and had a manic episode. He thought I was out to get him and put a tracker in him. He thought that I cloned and hacked his phone and was sharing everything about us on social media, and so much more. He finally ended up in the hospital to get help and was diagnosed with bipolar he did inpatient for a week and outpatient for almost 2. Now going to therapy every week. I'm truly proud of him. But our relationship has been been extremely rough. I told him I understood he needs to focus on him and needs to take time to heal. I have done the family support group, read books on how to understand and help someone with type 1 bipolar and given him as much space as possible. But I'm starting to become emotionally drained. He is so hot and cold, knows I make him happy, but feels like he needs to completely start over and move out of state. I think that is just running away from his problems and not dealing with it. He tries to break up with me weekly, but I just keep telling him I'm here to help and support. I don't want to to give up something I know could be great, but I'm starting to get worn out. My heart believes it is worth every struggling day as I know he has to work through his struggles. I know I am a great girlfriend to him and I know he truly loves me, but when do I just walk away? What do I do? This is a very complex situation, I have to tell you, and it would probably be very helpful for you to have somebody that you can talk to on a, on a regular basis. First of all, just your own understanding of yourself and your, um, your behaviors maybe in the relationship and maybe learning to set, to, to set boundaries. But we we need to understand something. People who have a diagnosis of bipolar disorder experience extreme shifts in mood that can result either in manic, very high kind of behaviors or depressive episodes. And without proper treatment and ongoing treatment, the shifts in mood can make it very, very difficult to manage uh, work, uh, romantic relationships, school. So all of this has to be um, considered. So it's, it's about managing uh, symptoms. But you also have to look at your relationship and the health of your relationship. So even when uh, the bipolar symptoms are uh, managed, there may still be some challenges uh, that uh, that make it difficult to be in a relationship. So especially if you're thinking of ending a relationship with a partner, you have to consider what are the signs of an unhealthy relationship, not to say that you can't have a, um, a healthy, happy r- relationship with someone living with bipolar, but there are indicators you need to pay attention to that uh, suggest taking, uh, maybe a, a look at the relationship. So um, if you feel that you are the caretaker in the relationship, if you are experiencing burnout, if you are find yourself sacrificing your life goals, your values, and your needs to be with your partner, those are signs that you may be in an unhealthy um relationship. Also, if your partner stops treatment or stops medication, that can tell you something about the future of that relationship as well. So, uh, obviously if you feel in danger, that's a, that's a whole other thing. So, you, I'm sure the struggle to preserve the relationship is there because there's a lot of good in the relationship. No question, you got involved with him Because there are a lot, so many things that you like and and love about this person. So, but you need to understand what you're getting yourself into. So, yes, educating yourself is very important. Uh, Recognizing the signs of depression or the hypomania so that you can either guide your partner to a healthcare provider or talk to your partner um, about it, make sure that your partner is taking medication so uh, helping them other things you can do is just make sure they they also are leading a healthy lifestyle like uh, no substance abuse or very minimal substance use uh, getting sleep regular sleep and exercising um, getting them to practice some self-awareness and of course taking their medications which is absolutely important so uh, if you're thinking of leaving, the it's not really a good time when your partner is having a manic episode or a very depressing, depressive episode. If they are actively suicidal also, those, those those are some of the things. And the research does show that about 25 to 50% of people with bipolar disorder will attempt suicide at least one time. So all of these are things to... Uh, consider and uh, bottom line is that dating someone with bipolar disorder can be very very uh, challenging um, because obviously you can't control when your partner experiences a shift in in mood Uh, important for you to focus on communication on uh, support on on supporting the treatment plan and on taking care of yourself that's uh, really really important unfortunately The statistics are not great for, um, the, the, the length of a relationship or the, the duration or what do I, the success, let's say long-term of a relationship. The statistics is for divorce is about 90%, 90% of, uh, these types of relationships end in divorce, according to one study that I, that I read. So. I know those are sobering statistics, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot to uh, consider right here. A couple of texts here. Uh, she deserves time to recharge and catch her breath too, including asking herself whether this is really for her in the medium and long-term another one she needs to be very careful her kind loving heart may do her in you have to take care of yourself before you can help others burning candles at both ends eventually the flames will meet so uh, and then wow what a warrior uh, she is and um another texter quickly maybe that girl should give herself a bit of time off great girlfriend notwithstanding yeah, very difficult situation to, uh, to deal with. Coming up, we'll talk about um, some sensitivity and other issues that, that have come up. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays tonight, I spend the whole hour uh, answering your questions about love, sex, and relationships. You can text me at 514-800, or you can call in at 514-790-0800, as Jean-Pierre has uh, done. Hi, Jean-Pierre. Hi, Doctor. How are Doctor, you?
1: Yeah. I'm okay.
0: Good. What can uh, I do for you?
1: Do you know about pheromones? Yes. Can I tell you an experience that I lived years ago? Sure. Okay. I was living in a rooming house, and there were many people in the building. So sometimes I went on the balcony and I sipped a beer. And there was a, a girl tenant. She she went to the she went on the gallery not far from me. And she put her uh, back against the wall and she slowly descended her body so that at the lowest point her vulva was not far from the floor. But she was she was dressed. She she, she was naked. Mm-hmm. And I, I was si- sipping my beer and something very strange happened. My penis began to. Uh, in mm-hmm. so, you got an
0: erection, erect. uh
1: huh, and it was, you know, slowly getting erect. But was what was strange was that I did not have any sexual feeling or dreams in my head, and I wasn't thinking about that woman because I don't, I don't think she cared about me. Mm-hmm. But my penis, as I say, got erected until it was almost totally erect, and then she left and she went back to her room, and I was wondering, can it be possible that pheromones came out of her revolver? and uh, went it up my nose, and there's a
0: special... <laughs> uh, well... don't you, believe me? No, no, I believe you. I'm just... Uh, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, but pheromones are actually... You don't actually smell them. They don't have an odor. But uh, no. usually, fa- they're usually secreted by sweat and saliva. But... Uh, not there some not f- vaginal f- fluids. Are you sure? Pretty
1: sure. Pretty because sure. Because there's a yeah. zone up Pretty the sure. nose, which is... a. Uh, has a strange name, which I can't remember, but they said that pheromones could influence that, that zone up our nose.
0: Well, yes, yes, you probably, um, maybe there was, I mean, pheromones are actively involved in sexual attraction, for sure. They can stimulate arousal, desire, all kinds of stuff. Um, but they're usually at a subconscious level, not really uh, detectable. But usually, they are detected anyway through the secretions of sweat and mm-hmm. uh, and saliva. But maybe you were smelling something else, or maybe you remember an odor. But uh, I mean, there's I something to
1: conscious.
0: well, or maybe I mean it. Could, it could very well be, but it may not have been anything to do with the vulva. It may have to do with with just the. Her what other secretions that uh, the, you know coming from her sweat glands or her saliva was emitting, and you may have been responding to that. You should look but, into the research of that because it's it's a bit complicated. It's a it's quite uh, um, in terms of biology and uh, and uh, reproduction, and it's like it has a whole evolutionary uh, component to but it. But you don't
1: think that it's uh, it can consciously. I mean. Uh, I don't know how to express it, but so you don't think that uh, pheromones as such have a, an important role in sexuality? Uh,
0: yes, I think they do have a role, but one that is undetectable to most of us. Like, for example, uh, it could very well be, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where a partner's smell, their skin smell is something that you're very attracted to or you you can ha- be uh, repelled by a particular a natural smell be
1: independent of sexual desire
0: exactly like that but it usually ties in because when you're bonded with somebody there's other elements at play uh that that are that lead you to that attraction as well things that are not so well understood and certainly not at a conscious level but there are uh studies done with the odors of Partners, for example, they did a study where they had uh, men wear uh, t-shirts and uh, clean. They didn't have any deodorant or anything else on, and the the partners either were given their partner's t-shirt that was worn or uh, someone else's t-shirt, and they were able to um, know which one was their partner's t-shirt from their smell. So that the
1: women were better at it
0: i don't know that i i couldn't tell you but thank you that you bring up an interesting point i think maybe one of these days i'll bring on someone who's a real expert in this kind of thing and we'll have a better understanding of that but i'll make a note of that and bring somebody on who can talk to us about the neurobiology of sex and uh, and pheromones so thanks for that jean-pierre appreciate your call Take care 514-800. And I, I love when you bring up new, uh, all of you, when you have uh, show ideas or topics that you want, um, more explanation on, then, uh, I would love to, uh, you know, do, do shows like that and get your, uh, input. I knew a guy that would purposely not shower before going out to a club because, Women always clinged all over him. That's interesting. Uh, mm. (laughs) Texts writes, boner, no arousal, naked women. How many beers did he have? Well, the woman wasn't naked is what he said. Uh, Let's see. Come on, someone you are attracted to sitting beside you will get you hard. That's also uh, a possibility. I just caught the end of that discussion about the bipolar and and it made me quite sad because my niece is bipolar. And yes, I can understand how it would be difficult, but it's just very sad to think that she will likely will not be able to have a sustained relationship uh, because, and maybe this is common with those with bipolar disorder, but she's also very, very much Wants to have a close friendship and a boyfriend. That's not to say it's not possible. But someone who is on, uh, who is treated on regular medication, on regular mood stabilizers, uh, absolutely can have a, a, a healthy, happy relationship. It's just that. Uh, there are certain conditions that can make it unhealthy, but so it can be unhealthy even without bipolar. So I think, especially with what our uh, last, uh, with with what our emailer was saying is that the struggles, there were other things involved there. There was drug abuse and there were lies and there's all kinds of other far more complicated things. But I know a lot of people who have bipolar disorder who are in happy and successful uh relationship so i don't want you to think that it's uh, it's not possible and of course it's you're more likely to divorce if it goes untreated and if there's no understanding on the part of the, the partner and so all of these things matter and making sure there's uh, there's good support around you that also helps all of that all right five one four eight hundred if you want to um text in, uh, or you have a question for me then, uh, or you have a comment, then feel free, please. Every time I have sex, I end up losing the sensation I get when he, uh, oh no, I read that one already. This one I did. That was another email from yesterday. I have children and a man I love, but the idea of women gets me super sexual and that's it. Okay, so I'm assuming that the fantasies of, uh, of women gets you aroused is, is what you're trying to say here. So having sexual fantasies, whatever they are, is completely normal. Uh, having any particular fantasy does not mean it's something you want to do In real life, I can tell you that many straight women have lesbian fantasies and it may be an indicator of nothing at all. It doesn't mean that you're lesbian or it doesn't mean that you're somehow repressing your true desires. If you are also fantasizing about having a relationship, not just sexual, with a woman, then maybe I could say, oh, well, maybe you're questioning your orientation and it's something you might want to explore but otherwise this is a very common uh, fantasy if in fact if you just look at the porn that women watch oftentimes it is uh, they'll watch lesbian porn or things like that doesn't mean that they are uh, they're themselves lesbians but women can be aroused by that often aroused by the acts by the fact that that kind of porn is more erotic more gentle and things like that and that's what they are mostly um attracted to all the traits that that they might be uh, seeking out but uh, not not something to worry about you have a man you love you're in a relationship it's okay you can fantasize no big deal my friend was bipolar. He was on the pills and everything, but he purposely didn't take them because he thought he was smarter without them. Sadly, a lot of people decide to go off their medication when they start to feel good. So they feel great. I feel good. Everything's good. So you know what? I'm going to go off the pills. Unfortunately though, these mood, stabilizer, mood stabilizers, you have to be on them consistently and Uh, so as not to have any of these episodes and maybe in his case, he felt it dulled his brain a little bit or made him a little bit more sluggish or something, um, which is maybe why he felt he wasn't as smart with them, uh, with them. But you, you have to kind of weigh out, you know, um, the stability, versus a, a little bit of a clouded uh, brain. Also though, there are many medications out there. So it's important that if a medication doesn't work for you or you feel it has too many side effects that you discuss it with your psychiatrist so that you can find the the, the right uh, dosage and the right medication um, for you. It's very important to be followed in psychiatry on a regular basis if you, uh, if you suffer from, Bipolar disorder, absolutely. How normal is it for a male to have a sudden lack of interest after climax? Any solution to keep it up even after other, other than perhaps once in a while holding back on the climax? It's perfectly normal to, uh, once you climax, that's it. That uh, you need a, a period of time to regenerate. It's called the refractory period. The older you get, the more time, you need so yes the only way would be to hold back the climax and prolong the um prolong the pleasure uh, until you want to climax so that you can do particular uh, exercises for that coming up the stupid sex story of the day plus more of your questions the fr- subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Here's the headline for your stupid sex story. Ohio woman calls police over foul meat in stew. stew I kid you not. Uh, prompts investigation with med- medical examiner's office. So this woman became greatly concerned about the type of meat she purchased at the supermarket while making dinner for her family when she found what she thought might be a human penis. She recorded herself on Facebook Live showing off her stewed beans and meat simmering on the stove. However, as she stirred her food, she discovered a phallic-looking cut of meat that didn't quite match the smoked turkey tails. Did you know that exists? I never knew. She had purchased at the grocery store. It is what I think is a hole at the tip, she said. The woman shared she was planning to call the grocery store where she had purchased the tails. She also checked her store receipt to ensure she had purchased smoked turkey tails. However, when she looked at the package, it said smoked pork tails. Do we eat that stuff here? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, she captioned her Facebook live with, I'm so confused, uh, though she was unsure the food was a pork or turkey tail, uh, but instead a piece of genitalia, possibly human. That's what she thought. So she phoned the police. After it. The Police came and they examined it. And it is in fact a penis. This is what she says. They are calling the medical examiner out here right now and the coroner because somebody is missing their stuff save a lot that's the name of the store has got some explaining to do she said the woman sent 10 officers (laughs) this is crazy outside of her home and they have to treat her house like it's a crime scene in case the item was in fact human genitalia i saw the pictures you're not talking about a full-size anything that looks like a full-size penis here anyway Uh, however, after an investigator from the Summit County medical examiner's office came and looked at the meat, they concluded it was pork and likely a pigtail because it contained a bone. Penises don't contain bones. Uh, she reportedly hired an attorney to further look into the matter, unconvinced that it was a pork tail since it did not look like the other meat in the package. Uh, anyway, uh, this is nuts. The, uh, grocery store said issues of quality receive the utmost priority. And we take this matter very seriously. <laughs> we can confirm that we have had no previous quality issues with this item. Blah, blah. Anyway. And she seems to be taking action. Uh, uh, action on what? Like seriously? I don't know. 10 police officers show up at her door to have a look at her stew. Wow. All right, a uh, couple of texts here at five one four eight hundred. Refractory period, it always kind of surprises me that some guys worry about that. For me anyway, it's not really more than 10 or 15 minutes even after a second or third ejaculation. More like I'm liable to get sleepy and content rather than uninterested in another ejaculation. And of course, this all depends on your age. The older you are, the longer that refractory period is. I am married 15 years, a little less sex than 10 years ago. So that's good news. Uh, No sex at all since COVID until two days ago. OMG, I'm sure many others are avoiding too. Uh, Please address that. So yes, COVID, uh, this whole pandemic, the last six months has really done a number on people's sex lives. For the most part, I would say because of the stress And anxiety and worry and all of this, it's causing people's, not everybody, some people are actually going higher, but for for a lot of people, it's causing their desire to plummet because they're thinking about so many other things. They are uh, anxious and anxiety- uh, kills that, uh, ki- anxiety and stress, like number one killer uh, of your sexual desire for some people, they see comfort in sex and it works for them. So they have uh, maybe more sex, but I would say that that's not necessarily, uh, the majority. So, um, you know, it's, yes, a lot of people are going, are going through the same thing that you're going through. I'm, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would do a lot of self-care. I would, I know it's difficult to maybe have date nights and things like that, but I would focus a little bit on the couple, find out what your partner wants or needs in order to uh, feel more relaxed. That's really important as well. And maybe plan some, some nice, quiet, special, um, evenings So if anybody can relate to this, please share. So, um, we can help each other out here. Another text writes, yeah, I think I've been saying that from the beginning, anxiety kills the sex and there's no COVID boomers. (laughs) That's pretty sad, right? Um, I saw that meat penis shape headline a few days ago. I didn't bother reading it. This is really a wild tale. That woman. That woman went to town on this silly. And yes, exactly why I called it these. I I found it to be the stupid sex story of the day. If you have uh, questions, uh, please send them along at five one four eight hundred. Person writes in: Is it true that if you're bipolar, it takes over nine months to get the proper treatment? So. <sighs> Not necessarily, but, but here's the thing. It, unfortunately, before you get a diagnosis, sometimes it can take a while. So sometimes it takes an initial breakdown. It takes a referral to a psychiatrist Then you have to find the psychiatrist and so on. So th- it, that's what can take a long time. Once you start the medication, usually within the mm-hmm. first uh, three weeks or so, you can start seeing Uh, the impact of that medication. So it doesn't take nine months to get on, you know, like start to feel better. But in our system, it could take that long just to fall into the hands of the right doctor. That's the unfortunate part. Unless you end up in emergency and then you can be seen by an emergency psychiatrist and then you're given like follow-up and things like that. Uh, when I was 14, if you took away three months from my life, it would seem like forever, right? And today, <laughs> the problem has been in the health system, not in the backyards or even in the bars. So people, I guess, talking about uh, COVID as well. Of course, you know, you can rant here and you can talk about your struggles with COVID, with mental health issues, not just your sexuality and Anything that's uh, affecting your relationships I would like to hear from you. And let me know, Did during the pandemic, was did your sexuality diminish? Did it stay the same or did it go up? So I know for a lot of people, it might've gone down because of the stress, but for the most part, I think a lot of people just reported it more or less stayed the same but unless you've experienced like un, you know more anxiety a lot more anxiety than uh than normal or more stress because of the situation then that definitely would have had um an impact Remember the police searching for John Bobbitt's penis in the bushes? Silly, but true, silly sex story. Yeah, that was quite the story. I don't know if anybody saw it. There's a, I saw the movie. There is a Lorraine Bobbitt movie. I can't remember where I saw it, whether it was Netflix or something like that, but definitely uh, something interesting. (laughs) That's quite the story. Uh, 514-800, if you, uh, want to text in a question, if you want to call me 514 800 And, uh, you can also email me questions to laurie at com. Please remember anytime you write to me, whether it's by email, whether it's by phone or text, it's anonymous. You don't have to give your name. I will not say a name. And, um, so feel free, please. It's a, it's a good, Uh, avenue to get your questions answered without, uh, you know, without any, any stress, let's just say. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. I answer your questions. You still have a little bit of time to get in your uh, thoughts, your comments, your questions. I missed my girlfriend a whole lot during the months of months of self-isolation earlier this year, even just not being able to hang out together in person as well as not being able to be intimate. Yes, that posed a particular challenge for people who did not live together, of course, and a lot of confusion as to what was okay, what was not okay, what's safe, not safe. You know, everybody assessing their level of risk and blah, blah, complicated 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 i got a lovely email here just now i just want to tell you how much your show means to me i've emailed you and your advice has always been helpful listeners should come to realize this is not just a radio show it is real people with real problems looking for professional help i know i loved i lived it I just love Paris, Passion Poet, and my absolute favorite panel is the Baby Boomer panel. Live, unedited, unpredictable, and the man on that panel has some sense of humor, which I love. Your show is the perfect ending to a day. At 10 p.m. and my bedroom lights are out. You will hear Alexa stream CJD 800. Thank you for being here for us all. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to write me. Hello, Dr. Lori. Even though I asked some dumb questions, no questions are too dumb. Believe me. Um, no question is stupid in my books. I appreciate any help. I hope all all is well with you and your family. My question is about periods. Sometimes it's a heavy flow, but this last one was short and spotty. Any help is great. Thanks. So periods are funny like this and cycles are funny because they could be affected by so many, um, factors, uh, So uh, there's the, the, there is the medical component to it. So if you see a regular, if you you see your gynecologist regularly, which you should, you should be talking to your gynecologist about how your cycle is on a regular basis. But if, for example, you always have a heavier flow and that's a regular thing. And then occasionally you, you realize, oh, look at that. This wasn't a heavy flow that's kind of normal it could be affected by different things but sometimes a heavy flow could mean particular things um, there's nothing I want to worry you with but you have to know your own body so if, if there's pain particular or different kinds of pain uh, or uh, like a very very bad pains uh, or super heavy flows then you do need to see your gynecologist because you want to make sure that you, this doesn't cause an iron deficiency and that everything else is okay. So you, you, sometimes you just want to get to the cause of that. But if it's something that you've had more or less regularly for your whole, you know, all of your periods, more or less, and it's, that's your flow. And then every once in a while you get, one that is much shorter could be affected by, by something else. And it's not really something you need to uh, worry about, but when it's something that's consistent or causes um, some kind of pain, then yes, of course you should be checking with your, uh, your gynecologist, which is why it's important to have um, regular gynecological uh, appointments. But these days talking to your family physician, family physicians, can handle a lot of these uh a lot of these issues and usually uh, gynecologists are are there to uh, as specialists right when there are particular issues that need to be uh, dealt with but uh family doctors can do wellness checkups as well so check with your family doctor if they also do wellness uh, gynecological um checkups too our passion poet weighs in the colder days are coming hibernating at home the flu season upon us the second syndrome the snow slush and ice do you have to remind us and covid will still be here what will help happen next let's pray it will disappear yes i know that um so much of us are anticipating what will be This winter, I know I am thinking, okay, how am I going to see my family members? Uh, Are we comfortable meeting, seeing each other indoors? Like to, to right up to today, we have not had any indoor anything. Everything has been outdoors all gatherings even small gatherings have been outdoors so yes there's going to be an adjustment for all of us and i think we're all maybe a a little bit anxious of how the winter is going to go because there's still so much that's unknown we're all waiting with bated breath like is is there going to be a second wave how are we going to handle that are there going to be more shutdowns yes no so living with that uncertainty is um can be terrifying and 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 certainly anxiety provoking at the very least so uh, we're all in this I think uh, I don't know one person who isn't concerned or somewhat worried about what will be it's normal it's a natural human reaction of course all right I've been married for 25 years we have three children Uh, sexual frequency decreased from the marriage onwards and after the children were born dropped to pretty well zero. I've always wanted to have sex with my wife, but she was not interested. And whenever I asked her why she hasn't been able to give me an answer. When we go away on vacation, we do have some sex. I am so frustrated. I can't live on sex three times a year. I would like to see a therapist, but she said that we don't have a sexual problem. Well, I do. Of course, when one person is frustrated, of course, there's a sexual problem. Yes, there's an issue in the relationship and it's not going to get better on its own just like that. In fact, you'll probably grow resentful of your partner if she refuses to address it so I think it's um it's important for you to tell her that sex is an important part of feeling connected to her say you want to feel more connected to her and could we at least go one time to see a therapist so we could talk about this to see what's going on the fact that on vacation, she has sex tells me that when she, when a person, when we're on vacation, we leave everything behind. There are no worries. There are no, you know, you're not dealing with the kids and you're not dealing with all kinds of stuff. So it's a lot easier to be in a relaxed state of mind, which is makes us far more open to being sexual as, as women. But if you're married 25 years, I'm assuming you don't have little kids. So that's kind of stress is no longer there. Maybe your kids are even out of the house. You're thinking, what is the, what's the next 25 years going to look like? So I think it's important that this gets addressed. If she doesn't want to see a therapist, you go. Maybe some somebody can help you, um, I don't know, give you some tips on communicating with her better. And if you decide to go, maybe then uh, she will agree to at least one maybe one session, you know, you can say to her, just, just one, come one time, just so we can see if there's something that, uh, that we can, uh, we can work on. But it's something that should absolutely uh, be dealt with because all I'm hearing is frustration. If you're okay with it, if you're both on the same page and you're both okay with the, with the frequency or the lack of sex or whatever it is, then it's not an issue, but it's causing distress. And when something is causing distress, that's when you know you got to get uh, some help. Uh, text writes in three times a year. Yeah, she has to be advised that this is not okay for him. Vacation, relaxing or not. Absolutely. text writes in passion poems scary tonight yeah can be (laughs) well you know not always light and fluffy i'm 74 uh, years old my question since the last three or four months after i get an erection and penetrate my wife the erection subsides in two or three minutes and i take viagra but it does little to help i see i've seen an advertisement for a suction apparatus which develops an erection in four minutes and they claim it lasts for 30 minutes what is your opinion i think what they're that's the vacuum pump the the device so it's a non-med non-pharmaceutical um, uh, uh, thing you put your penis in it you pump you pump it so that you can pump out the blood into your penis and then you put a penis ring at the uh, bottom, at the base of your penis to um, basically shut the valves, the circulation so that you can maintain that erection. And generally you can keep that on for 20 or 30 minutes. That's what they're talking about. So when you get your erection, put that on, whether you use Viagra or you use the penis pump, put that ring around the base of your penis to maintain the erection long enough for penetration and and to to finish whatever you want to do, but you've got to take it off after 30 minutes. Um, You don't want to constrict for that long. There you go. That's it for tonight. Those are uh, your questions answered. Of course, at the beginning of every show, I'm happy to answer your questions then too. So please send them to me via email to laurie at dr thank you so much to our technical producer dave simon tonight if you want to connect with me on social media it's at dr Lori betito my last name is spelled b-e-t-i-t-o or you can just find me through my website drlori.com where you can find our podcasts um, of all the past shows as well which you can also find on the cjd page on iheart uh, on the iheart app coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a great rest of the evening stay safe and remember to live your life with passion